Welcome to the What Now podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Powers. Follow along as I figure out how to go from feeling lost and at a crossroads in my life to hopefully, eventually, being found. If you have ever felt like you needed a change or pivoting from your current experience is necessary, but you just don't know how, join me. Wanderers are always welcome. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome back to What Now, a podcast for the lost and found. This is your host, Amanda. I'm very excited. We have our guest today, Eddie Pinero, on the line. He is a uh, author, podcaster, YouTuber, pro- video producer, creator, and uh, the owner of Your World Within. So welcome, Eddie. Amanda, thank you for having me. I'm uh, so excited to hang out. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm super excited. Uh, you're an international well-known motivational speaker and I've been listening to some of your podcasts over the last couple of days just to kind of brush up on what I should be doing with my life apparently (laughs) and uh, it's been super cool to to hear and to listen to your perspective and I'm so excited to dive deeper further into that um so I'm sure you're used to it but what is your what's your elevator pitch for my listeners who may not know you or have not had the opportunity to watch your motivational videos on YouTube or on your podcast could you provide a quick background about who you are and the work that you're doing with your world within? Sure. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I've always considered myself sort of a, a creator. Um, this was, uh, you know, not something that was in the cards, like when I was a kid or something I had, you know, in, in mind for years. It was just sort of <clears throat> like following what I enjoy doing, what I thought mattered and added value to people. And uh, which is why when people, um, obviously being in this sort of industry, you get a lot of questions like I'm stuck or don't know what to do or how, and it's like the, the beauty and to me, the answer and all that is in exploration. And so for me, like the, the, um, the platform and your world within the podcast, everything going on now was because I found myself after college in a corporate environment, which had its great, great, uh, you know, aspects, but definitely wasn't for me. And so <laughs> the question was like, well, what do I do? Because I could easily see a situation where I'm in the wrong place and 20 years go by, right? So um, I was into music, was into writing, and finally left my job and um, found myself I was in Boston at the time. I was like playing acoustic shows around the city, um, was taking the camera out, making short films, was like writing on blogs and just kind of like seeing what was out there and uh, eventually got to the place where the money was that I had saved was drying up, right? Just practically speaking, you make more in the financial services space than you do running around with the camera and no direction, right? So, right. Uh, and, and I wrote this speech to myself called Ode to Excellence that was like a promise to not take the easy road to keep exploring, to keep pushing, because I never really had it in my life. Like there's never been a, a time where I really pushed myself and challenged myself and saw what would happen if I fell and hit the floor. And um, so I wrote this speech and I wanted to turn it into like a little cinematic, you know, cinematic uh, video. And so I got the background music, I chopped up some clips, I wanted to feel like I always say an Apple commercial, you know how like they'll sell you an iPhone, but they don't show you an iPhone. It's like people dancing through this beautiful street and you just like right. feel good. I'm yeah. Like That's what I want. You know, that's, that's my goal and created this video and just had so much fun doing it, sharing my message, um, creating. 
and I put it out there and just got this insane feedback. And it was like, okay, I found that intersection of what I enjoy doing and what helps people. Right? That's definitely, I'm on to something here. Sure. And so that's when I decided to start pursuing that. And so that's what I've done um, ever since in mostly video, but different different avenues as well. It's like really highlighting the things that I go through in life, the things we all experience and position it in a way that connects or resonates with people. It's like, how can we look at life a little differently or the things we're doing a little differently in a way that um, will help us give more of ourselves or, you know, enjoy life in a different way. So it's, it's really just thought provoking, uh, philosophizing about life. I think the answers that we're looking for are often right in front of us. We just need that little perspective. That's uh, that's interesting. Was there a particular like divisive or decisive moment where you're like, I have to leave. I have to do this on my own now. Like I've interviewed a few people where they like waited until they reached like a financial level where they were like, all right, I'm comfortable enough giving up my old life. Um, I'm comfortable enough leaving because I think I can actually make it happen. And then you might be one of the mm. first people that was like, you know what, I'm just going to go. So I, was there a particular thing like that. that encouraged you to do that or no? It's, it's, um, it's funny you mentioned that because in retrospect, right, you tell the story as it happened 10 years ago and it sounds like I woke up and I was like, I'm done, you know, but that's, you know, I, w I always tell the story like joking with one of my best friends for a year and a half, two years, driving to work, praying that we got a flat tire. And it's like, what kind of life are you living where you are that helpless in your own world? where you're willingly going somewhere every day, hoping that you don't get there because of some outside circumstance. Right. And so it was like willing myself to, to, to take that leap, you know, and I had been, there was some overlap. Like while I was at work, I had built um, like a little home recording studio. Uh, I was learning how to edit audio and produce music and doing stuff simultaneously that when mm -hmm. I did decide to leave, you know, it was super valuable because I knew how to edit music and I knew how to record audio and mix and do some of these things that allow me to put out content pretty quickly. But yeah, it took me a lot of courage. It took me a long time to get to that. I applaud you for that because I feel like that's probably the hardest part for people just to even think they can think and dream and wonder what their life might be like if they had only just gone for it and the, for the people that are willing to risk it to go out there i mean it takes a lot of courage or tenacity or i don't know stupidity bravery all of it <laughs> all together so like it's just it's one of those yeah. where you're kind of like yeah you can see the people that you admire and you admire their life for different reasons but how being brave enough to go out there and figure out okay how do i make their life in my own way or my version of their life how do i make what would that look like and how do i make that happen and it's it can stop you for a long time. Like people just, you wait and you wait. Um, so that's, that's tough to get over those kind of things. Um, so I'm curious about after you did leave and you wanted to start your world within, was your world within your original idea or did that kind of come to you later? Or did you have some kind of obstacles when you, you know, first got that up and running and what were they? Yeah. Well, I think uh, to your first part, it's like, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. but you look back and you realize like most decisions are reversible. You know, like it was the end of the world for me to leave that job. It was so scary and terrifying. And I'd done everything I was supposed to do my whole life and things. The problem is things weren't broken. They were fine. So it's like, why would you walk away from it? And, you know, you look back now, it's like, well, let's say, let's say I did leave and it was a disaster, like whatever that means 
it was just the worst case scenario. You can go back and get a job like in that space. You know, so many things we're terrified to do. You just you can go back and, and change them or fix them or approach them from a different way. Like we're scared of something that is not finite. Whereas like, if you don't go, you can't, you can't change a path. You never walked. And so I think maybe that's experience, but hearing that uh, is helpful. And then the second part, yeah, uh, with, with your world within, I was running on the Cape Cod Canal when I came up with the name, but uh, for a long time, it was just a YouTube video a week. Like there wasn't much, there was no branding or, uh, you know, business behind it. It was just every week I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to share a story or a thought or something I experienced and then position it in a way where, Hey, maybe you're going through something similar. And so I think the hardest thing at first was just the vulnerability. It was like worrying about what people will think. It was realizing how few people support you when you're doing something that's not that cool and vulnerable, right? It's not cool to produce something and have only your grandmother like it. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I remember uh, being somewhat disappointed with that being like, well, where are my buddies? Where are my friends? You know, why aren't, why is no one sharing this stuff? Yeah. You learn to stop playing the small violin. It's just, that's just, it's not a personal, that's just life. Like people want to be around successful things and um, you have to earn it, you know? Um, and so that was a big thing. And then the perfectionist piece, it was like, you know, this isn't 10 out of 10. It's not the most beautiful thing or it's not, you know, whatever. So you'd be scared to release it. And as time goes by, you realize like the mindset is repetition, right? So you put it out, you emotionally detach from it and you move on to the next one. And when you do that, you sort of free yourself and, and you learn as you go. So I think those are some of the biggest, they were some of the biggest challenges initially and some of the most important things that uh, I learned throughout the process. Yeah, no, actually, I really like that idea that you're talking about there at the end, the you just put it out there and it's the consistency to keep showing up for yourself that's really going to help you build into that subject matter expert or the, the successful person. Um, I think you released a podcast episode or a, um, a YouTube recently where uh, you talked about like it's the people that make those courageous decisions over and over and over again. That's what builds up into your success. Um, mm. And that it's that's how you get there. It's not just a manufactured process to create success. Like it's you consistently doing the things that people don't see you doing, which is coming back in and re rewriting and re-editing and getting better and learning how to do your process better and better each time. Um, so I think that's, yeah. that's good. But then also the mentality of like, I'm going to drop it. I'm going to move on to the next one. I'm not going to care if it goes viral, if it doesn't go viral or not, or if the only person liking it right now is my mother, then like, it just kind of is what it is. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I've had a few friends that have said the same thing. Like, I'm so proud of you. I see you posting about your podcast. You know, that's great. How's it going? I'm like, yeah, well, I did this episode. You listen to it. And they're like, no, nah, not yet. <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. It's okay. Yeah. You know, like it's, I don't expect everybody to do that. But I appreciate you saying that when you started, it felt similar that like you just had to keep showing up for yourself. It didn't matter who else was truly participating yet. Um, so that, that means a lot to me personally, selfishly. I'm like, okay, great. Good. Good. Um, awesome. All yeah, the better, I, right? Good. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, phew. No. Uh, well, I'm curious because sometimes I guess the biggest obstacle for me when I'm wanting to put something out, I worry about the imposter syndrome because I also came from an industry that does nothing like this. Um, so I completely pivoted uh, from 
working in DC and doing national security to moving back to Nashville and on to marketing. And so I, yes, I can do some of this for my current clients, but it's almost a completely different animal when I'm doing it for myself because it means so much more. Like it's, it's me, it's my brand. It's what I'm saying. It's what I care about versus I can kind of script certain things in my professional world and cater to them and kind of let it go. And then they take it and do what they want to do with it. But when it's mine, I feel like I put so much weight on everything because I don't feel like I'm the right person to do this sometimes. Or like, I don't have experience. Why should I, why would anybody want to listen to what I'm saying? So I'm curious if you had any particular advice about imposter syndrome or how you have alleviated negative mentality while you've built up your world within. And if there's yeah. anybody out there like me, could they, could they take your advice? Absolutely. I mean, the best advice I've heard from this, I'm sort of regurgitating uh, a Jordan Peterson, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson commentary where he's like, you know, if you have imposter syndrome, good, because definitionally you'd have to, right? You, there's no way you'd start something and feel like the expert, you know, you have to play the fool. And, um, you know, as you grow and your competency grows, that sort of uh, never completely dissipates, but like you, you, you know, you earn confidence in yourself, um, which is, I think is all that matters. Like I remember, um, in, in uh, it's funny cause I didn't know how to field the question, uh, early on and I got it quite a bit. It's like when you, um, sort of brand yourself as personal development or motivation, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a question of like, well, why should I listen to you? Right. And so, you know, if I go back to even day one of my catalog, never once am I pointing and preaching and saying, this is how you should live your life. Right. It's, it's, um, a process of storytelling. It's, this is what I've experienced. This is what I learned. Hey, I did this and got my ass kicked. I wouldn't do it again. And I'd recommend that other people don't. Here's why. Like, and if you take that approach that people are on a journey with you, I think that's, you know, especially in the content, the digital space, that's where you want to be. A place of authenticity, of learning. Um, I, sometimes I see people, you know, their, their brand is more like, do this, do this, do this, do this. And that's where I think there's a little bit of disconnect. Um, another thing someone said uh, at a meeting I was at not too long ago was like, if you are uh, one step ahead of someone else in a particular competency, you are in a position of authority to explain or teach or show, um, which I thought was interesting, right? Because everyone, I was sitting next to this guy, uh, he's a good friend of mine now, uh, truly in the health and fitness space, mm -hmm. uh, one of the most competent, brilliant minds I've ever met. Um, but because he's so good, he looks and he goes, well, you know, I, 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 Am I good enough to teach a CEO? Am I good enough to, and has all these limiting beliefs. And it's like, not only are you good enough, like they would be lucky to work with you, right? But you just have to see how far you've come in the space between where you are and everyone else is. A lot of times when you're so immersed in a craft, you forget that. You become like, you know, you're looking at, the space between where you are and where you want to be 10 years from now, you're not looking at how far you've come. You're not looking at how good you are compared to the field. Um, and I think that's an important thing to keep in mind as well. Mm, yeah. 
interesting because a lot of the philosophy for growth, they tell you, like, think about the future and plan for it, not how to feel better about the fact of everything you've either left behind or come back from. Um, so that's good that if you're going to live in the present moment, you have to be aware of the future and the past, but not necessarily, I think, clinging to either one of them. Uh, so yeah, that's, if that's someone said that, I would, I would. there's nothing I'd disagree with more wholeheartedly. I feel like, um, and, and that's because I have a predispos predisposition to constantly be looking at the gap at what I don't have and how far I want to go. It's like 10 years ago, I would give anything to be where I'm at now, to know what I know now, to have built what I've built. Like, and because you're looking ahead constantly, mm -hmm. which ambitious people do, driven yeah. people do, if you don't look over your shoulder, you drive yourself crazy. You, you're, you're never enough. And that is such a dangerous space to live in. You got to sort of, uh, you know, walk that line. Like I've come a long way. It's insane what I've done. Uh, I'm not the person I was a decade ago. And also let's keep going, right? That balance I think is, is important for mental health. I think that's fascinating. And I'm curious when, how did you, as you were building your ideas and your branding for yourself, did you have a particular idea in mind? Because sometimes when I listen to your videos or your podcasts, it almost sounds like poetry, you know, like you're, some of them are really quick and they're straightforward and then they move on within like the first five, five minutes and you moved on to a new topic or some of them almost, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the rapper NF. He's a, a music artist. Yeah. NF. Yeah. Okay. Some of your stuff that I was listening to, I was like, is he, are they copying each other? Like, cause it, it, like, <laughs> it speeds up, but it's a very poignant thing that you're trying to say. And he does that as well too. It's not all of his stories are terribly tragic but they are very pointed and like you if you're paying attention to what he's talking about there's something very specific he wants you to know in each album and it like kind of transitions sure. as you go along so i just didn't know if you had like did you plan for that particular way of t speaking do you have poetry in your background are you a writer otherwise or did this persona when you are in front of the camera did that just kind of come out naturally and you're like oh that's that's me. That's my world within. That's how I am. That's how I want to per be. I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, after, after 850 speeches on YouTube or whatever it is, it's like you hone your craft. Like you become uh, better with every rendition um, at expressing yourself in a way that's most meaningful to you and effective to others. I think those two things are important. I've always considered myself a creator. Um, you know, I come from a music background, uh, songwriting, singing. Um, and it's like, I've, I've always wanted that sort of rhythmic feel. Like when I write, the music to me is, is oftentimes just as important as what I'm saying. Like, in a lot of ways, human beings aren't practical, we're emotional. And so, you know, it's like you have to crack the audience open in, in order to get a message through. And I think that comes through with... Uh, you know, an aspect of poetry and sort of an emotive cadence in music. It's all purposeful and it's all meaningful. There was like in 2018, 2019, I wrote like four or five speeches that were more like spoken word poetry. That's probably what you're referring to with the NF stuff, um, mm -hmm. which is like, I enjoyed that. I had a blast doing it. And I'm glad I did it. Yeah. But like I said, through repetition, I'm like, eh, that's, that's probably not me. That's a little too far left. You know what yeah. I mean? And so there were a lot of no, little pivots like yeah, that or off ramps where it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I probably pulled 
a, a wide variety of videos when I was looking through them. So I may have dug further back than you might have been expecting. Um, you did release one. I wanted to ask you about, uh, I think this came out February 12th, um, and you titled it, You Owe It to Yourself. And in the YouTube video, you mentioned um, that you you talked about times of dissonance between my identity and my actions. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that or uh, give us some examples of when that happened. Um, one of the, re the main reason that I originally started the podcast was because I had a bit of self-loss and identity mm. concerns after I left my national security career because that was pretty much all I had done my whole life. There's a diary entry that I don't even remember writing where I wrote like, I'm going to work here one day and I'm going to tell my parents I'm moving to DC and this is what I'm going to do. And then, you know, 10 years later, it actually happens. And then 10 years into the career, I leave. And then after thinking about something for so long and you let that go, I didn't realize I had so much of my identity wrapped up into this. Um, yeah. So one of the reasons I started the podcast is because I wanted to talk to other people who have um, either gone through something similar or they have, you know, mindset or motivational knowledge or something that could help me figure out how to process that. So you brought that up and it really hit me. It was kind of like, Ooh, I need to ask him if there's something specific there or if you were talking more metaphorically. Um, probably both. I mean, so there's some quote like James Clear talks about it. Tony Robbins talks about it. Like people always follow through on who they believe themselves to be, right? So I, I, identity is super important. Um, but there's this sort of give and take. It's like chicken or egg, right? Because it's like you have to believe yourself to be something, but you also have to prove it to yourself. You can't just say you are something and then not back it up uh, with action. And so Ryan Holiday uh, has said confidence is earned. And I love that. I cling to that. It's like what are you doing every day to support that? And so when there is dissonance, right, when I don't feel good about, you know, how I'm acting versus who I, I see myself as, generally because I'm breaking promises to myself, right? I pride myself in, in being disciplined and being creative and being an innovator. These are all stories that I tell myself, things that I want to be. And so when the alarm clock goes off, for example, and I hit it and I roll over, I wake up and I feel like, ugh, like it just doesn't feel good because I acted in a way that like to me is not who I am. It's not how I see myself. And so generally that dissonance comes down to me breaking promises to me in some capacity. And so people ask like, how do you, how do you fix that? How do you, uh, you know, create an identity and, and, and believe wholeheartedly in it? To me, it's like the simplest of simple, right? It's understanding your North star, who you want to be or how you want to see yourself. Reverse engineering that. So there are three things you do every day that bring that to life and doing those things. Right. And then when you go to bed at night, you put your head on the pillow, you feel like someone who sets tasks, who conquers those tasks, and day in and day out that materializes. Right. I, I didn't feel like a speaker for a very long time. Right. It was you talk about imposter syndrome. It was like, um, I almost sometimes can't believe that this is what I've chosen to do with my life because I hated it so much in a corporate environment. I would sh like, like that type of thing. Like it was bad, you know? Mm. Um, but every day for 10 years, um, I positioned myself to attack it in a way that felt good to me. It was like talking in front of the mirror, 
It was recording in front of the camera. It was writing, scripting, reading. You do all those things. Like I see myself as that and I have years of proof. So like it's, it's, it's having that North star, giving yourself the chance to prove over and over again that it's who you are and letting that comp- uh, compound over time. Like that's a pretty powerful uh, combination. I, I think that's, that's, that's so hard too, right? Like at almost trying to figure out, is this just a bad day or is kind of like, am I starting to realize that this is just not clicking for me anymore? Like this is my alignment is off and I don't know why or how it happened or honestly, that's kind of the research I've done a bit on self-loss is that you don't actually realize that it's happening to you in that moment, that you're slowly chipping away at who you are as a person when you're doing something that doesn't actually match up with either what you love to do or what your, what your purpose might be or what's going to actually fulfill you. Um, so that's, so when you say, when you say the misalignment, are you talking about your, your previous role? Are you talking about now as you move on to podcasting other things or what do you mean specifically? Oh no. In my previous role, I, I like this a lot. This is, but this is hard. Like podcasting is, uh, it's definitely not for the week. Uh, adding new skills to my, you know, my my list of things to learn how to do. I almost feel like I'm flying the plane while building it. Um, yeah. So, which is, I don't recommend if you're an aviation engineer. Uh, not a good idea. But uh, when you don't have much time, but you, it's almost like I, I don't want to give up. You know, like just because I left something that I used to love doesn't mean that that old job didn't serve a purpose or that it didn't, I didn't love it when it happened, but all relationships end in some way at some point. So not putting so much weight on the fact that yes, it's over, like that it's a disappointment in me or that I failed or something like that. But it's just like, sometimes things run their course. And I guess when it started to not align for me anymore, I freaked out because the only thing I've ever known or wanted to do or told myself, the only thing you're ever going to do, or you're only going to be good at is this. Mm. Oh, well now I'm out. Now I have all this opportunity in front of me. I can do literally anything I want now. And that's, what's overwhelming. It's kind of like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And you're like, I don't know. There's there's too many options. (laughs) Let me just pick the one thing that I've been. So I thought like, it's the one thing that's been in the back of my mind that I've constantly kind of had like random dreams about. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night and like write down ideas of like different podcast shows or themes or like, um, opening songs and like intros and outros for shows that don't exist. Like just stuff where I've had ideas where I'd be like, Oh, this would be so cool. But I never had the courage to actually just go for it. So now I'm testing the waters and seeing if this is really what works for me. And I like it so far, but it, it is a lot of, a lot of work. Um, so that's why I was just kind of curious if you had insight on dissonance and alignment and we put so much, our society sometimes puts so much pressure on, you need to make money off of what you do because you need to contribute to society and live and survive and blah. So a yeah. lot of people might, at least in millennials, we were all told to go to college and you got to get an education and you got to now go pay off all this debt. And you're kind of like, cool, well, I'm terrible at finance, but that might be the only way to make money to pay off all that debt, but I hate it. Mm-hmm. And now I've never had time to figure out what it is I truly like to do because I don't know if it's worth the risk. So I I found some of your videos or your speeches pretty fascinating when you would talk about the the difference between the two and then making money off of your craft is fine as long as it actually aligns with who you are. Cause, um, I think quoting you to yourself, 
If you don't feel that hunger inside, then you need to rearrange the scenario. You need to find alignment. If you want to, if you want something enough, you will be willing to fight for it, but you Mm. must, must first be pointed at something that you want, something that moves you. And I left that old job because for multiple reasons, but, um, I was not feeling moved anymore. And I knew that if as much as I wanted to try to go after that still, switching offices wasn't going to change the problem. Working for a different manager wasn't going to change the problem. Like the entity in and of itself was not where I needed to be anymore. So I moved physically and metaphorically moved on. Um, But now I'm trying to find what moves me, um, but also still make enough money to live and podcasting. (laughs) this doesn't a complete transparency for any listeners like this is I'm doing all this uh, on my own because it's fun and because I like it and I feel like I get the most authentic conversations when I'm not pretending like in the back of my mind like I I'm getting anything else from it other than pure connection and creativity I, I needed that kind of outlet yeah I think that's why you'd be great at it. I mean, I mean, you brought up a really good point. Like the difference between leaving something because it's not aligned, aka your old job, which is hard to come to that conclusion, especially when you've invested so much into it. And then that same feeling, but maybe because it's just innately difficult and it's the rough stretch. It's the valley of despair, right? You, you're uh, clearly like this is something that you have a natural uh, – ability to do. You're a very personable person. Like if you, if you showed up 200 times, if you did 200 episodes, what yeah. you would be on episode 200 versus now would just be insane, you know? Um, but I think there's a vast difference between the two, you know, something's difficult because, Hey, important things are, or it's difficult because I'm showing up every day and I know this isn't me. So like getting there to me is step one. And I almost want to say congrats because so many people never have the awareness to look around and go, what am I doing? They just do what I did for two years. They drive to work and hope they get a flat tire on the way, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a powerful thing. I should thing. live that way. Yeah. Right, right, right. No. Well, I'm curious, what advice would you have for people that they want to maintain their values, but they also are trying to be successful financially. Like, is there a way to keep, keep that together or do you have to sacrifice one over the other? I don't know that there's a right answer. I mean, we have to live, you know, the, the, the internet is now, um, you know, it's, it's so accessible and, uh, exists in a way where we can come home after work and for two, three hours a night create until we have the ability to go full time, which is a very nice thing. Um, you know, it, cause that is the thing about saying, you know, follow your heart, follow your passion, follow your passion. It's like, I, I get it, man, but there's some, there's some practicality here. I have a family to feed. I have all these things, you know, um, but it's, it's again, using the resources around you to start moving in that direction. Because there are enough hours in the day to, even if it's one hour a day, right? That's seven hours a week to start your podcast or do something that, you know, um, I didn't monetize really uh, for a while. Like I, and in fact, like I'm 10 years in, I didn't start focusing on monetizing the audience to like year seven, right? And that's when you see that like hockey stick curve. I was making just enough to eat because like, I believed in what I was doing and I knew if you're adding value to 1.5 million people, yeah, you can monetize that, right? It's like, 
it'll come. And so I, I think it really depends where, by the way, if I had a wife and four kids, I wouldn't have had that luxury, right? I would have had to sort of navigate that very differently. So there, it's certainly not a one size fits all thing, but the way I look at it is there's always the pieces to get there. It's just understanding uh, where you want to go and, and sort of how to arrange those parts. Yeah. Has that dream been difficult for you to do that? Like, have you had to sacrifice, you know, society telling you, you know, you go to college, you get married, you have kids, you, you buy a car, you buy a house, you do these things. Like that's clearly a path that you've left, not necessarily, maybe I don't know you, so necessarily get completely given yeah. up on, but has that been difficult for you to chase your dream and pursue personal life? Or have you it found has. a good way to balance? I'm, I'm getting better at that, right? But that's something that, and I've tried over the years and like, it just couldn't, I was just so in love with what I was doing and focused on that, that, um, you know, it, it couldn't quite materialize. And I think socially, yeah, like all that stuff took a backseat, you know? And now I'm at a point where um, I have a team and I have help and I have free time and uh, am putting more emphasis on those buckets, which is great. You know, it's like different seasons, which is, it's awesome. And understanding that, right. I create this levels is uh, it's, it's not only a merch company, but it's uh, a mastermind men's movement that um, I've created with a business partner because I understand how lonely that is. Like year five, six, seven, this is not world's smallest violin. It wasn't like sure. tragic, but it was like, you know, trudging through it. Like there are times where it just felt lonely or you create this thing that you think is going to change the world, this idea, this video, this product crickets, right? It's hard to brush that off. And so just a support group for people doing those things. Um, because yeah, you can, you can't focus on all buckets at once. There's always going to be some uh, imperfections in terms of your attention and, and where you place your time. Yeah. And that's a tough conversation to have too. When, you, you might care deeply for both things, but if one's a priority over the other at the time, it just kind of is what it is. And you got to make some difficult decisions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure it was. Um, so in some of your, your videos and your podcasts, you often quote either, you know, other authors, famous speakers, um, leaders from all over the world. And I was curious, who are some of your mentors or people that you look up to? Um, are there anybody that you quote in your videos that um, you've learned something specific from? And how has that helped you become a better leader at your business or a better podcaster? Um, I'm just curious, who, who, who do you admire and uh, resonate with? Yeah, I, I take inspiration from everywhere, from books, from music, from things I see. Um, I, in terms of people, a uh, huge fan of Jim Rohn. I probably quote him more than anybody else. I think the way he ties like philosophical ideas into just real practical everyday life situations is super cool. Really like Jordan Peterson, just from the, you know, he obviously comes at things from a psychological perspective, which I think is, is really cool. And yeah, just taking like bits and pieces of, of art and music to sort of integrate into, uh, into those messages. So I'm, I, I'm, I've Evernote open and I'm always just kind of looking for, even if it's a sentence, a thought uh, that can be expanded into an episode or something that's, that's meaningful. You know, there's a, that idea, like if you don't write something down immediately, you lose it. Like that happens mm -hmm. so much to me. So I was just trying to kind of capture. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just capture the day to day. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming 
your day to day is also where you get the inspiration for the topics each week? Or is the yeah, YouTube yeah. video different from the podcast? As far as I understood, you could, it's the same on both platforms? Or do you have, do you come up with new concepts for each one? Same thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. You, your world within on YouTube is the podcast. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. wow, you're definitely you're doing double time now. No wonder you have a team <laughs> coming up with a, a different YouTube concept and a podcast topic all at once. Um, okay, I know you have a, a time limit. So I figured I could get down to the last few questions that I typically ask all of my guests. Um, so if you had advice um, for people who are also feeling lost in their current life situation, and they need to make a change, but they don't really know where to start, what would you tell them? Explore. Like, remember, remember that life is not a standardized test. It's not black and white. There's no right or wrong, even though it feels that way. It's tough to be uncertain. Um, there's a Nietzsche quote, one of my favorite quotes, those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who couldn't hear the music, right? But change requires dancing before you hear the music. And so just give yourself that grace to poke around and try things and not know. Um, you know, I could tell you stories forever about how uncomfortable it is to be the person who doesn't know where they want to go or what they're doing for work or, you know, it's, it sucks. It's, it's not a good feeling, but it's something that has to happen if you want change and just be okay with that and understand it's, it's a process. Yeah. Yeah. Exploring and trying as much as you can. I love that. That's great advice. What would you say has been your greatest achievement? I think the ability to help people at scale. Uh, the internet blows my mind, right? It's like you put something out and just it can connect with so many folks. And so to me, uh, that's what it is. Just to help folks improve their lives, not with some magic solution or formula, but just a thought or an idea or a perspective shift. Um, that's just so gratifying for me. Satisfying. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, the fact that you can put that out there and it's immediately accessible to anyone. I don't know if it, a lot of people could predict that the internet would have that kind of power, right? So that's very cool. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you say are your current goals or do you have a next goal that you're trying to work on this year that you want to achieve? Um, I think just continuously, uh, you know, share and, and find different ways to share. Um, you know, the using online, like we talked about using those platforms, um, speaking more on stages, which I'm, I'm doing now, um, started a, uh, creative agency where I'm helping businesses tell their stories in a meaningful way. Um, and then levels the, the men's, uh, sort of movement. So a lot of moving parts and, uh, to just continuously push those things forward and, uh, you know, add value to as many people as I can. I love that. Well, I wish you the best of luck with both of those adventures. That sounds fascinating. I'd love to talk to you more about levels because I bet you that could truly impact a lot of people right now, especially coming out of COVID and isolation and again, re readjusting their purpose in life and where they want to be in society after, after the fact. Um, so if you could give yourself advice, we, we almost touched on this a little bit throughout the conversation, but if you could give yourself advice 10 years ago, what would it be? Don't worry so much about trying to preserve and be more willing to break things. Um, I guess my background or my mentality moving forward is from a place of scarcity. How do I, okay, we got a little bit of momentum here. How do we preserve it? You know, where it's like, there's so much abundance out there. The people who win are 
aggressive. They try things. They fail, sometimes spectacularly. They see things break and they rebuild and they rebuild and they rebuild. Um, so it's like, don't look at what you've built as the precious thing. See the value in yourself as a builder and go. Like, just go. I, I think that would have been uh, a lot more helpful because it took a long time to sort of piece that together. Oh, yeah. Oh, just being brave enough to go. That's, that's huge. It's the first hurdle, right? You know, you can dream about it, but you got to go. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Eddie. I really appreciate you letting me pick your brain and get to know you. It's been a pleasure meeting you and chatting with you. Please let all the listeners know how they can find you or what's the best way to um, follow along with what you're doing or get in contact about your, your current business ventures. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate the conversation. It was great getting to know you and uh, all the awesome stuff you're doing. Um, yeah. If people want to hear more, uh, YouTube, it's uh, Eddie Pinero or Your World Within. Uh, I think it should both take you there. Same thing on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I would be happy to connect. Okay. Awesome. And I will make sure to put all of his uh, information into the show notes. But uh, everybody, that's it for What Now, a podcast for the lost and found. Thank you so much for joining us again today. And remember, wanderers are always welcome. Mm -hmm.